Hello, everyone. This is Mark with Speak Brave Podcast here with my friend, John. Hello, Mark. Good to see you. Hey, how are you? Good day. I can tell you that. Beautiful day. It is. It is. Are you ready, sir? I am ready. Okay. Because today is a special day. Why? You might ask. Yeah. Oh, because we're here. <laughs> we're here. Hey, listen, that's true. Every time I'm with you, it's special. It is special. Not only that, we get to talk, we get to share our knowledge and wisdom and have some laughs. And I mean, this is the best thing. And we've got a bunch of friends who are listening, too, and I yes, like that. that's right. The audience is there. If you remember, I said once as a joke that somebody's listening in space. Do you remember that? I remember that. I think there's somebody who's going to reach out to us from space, maybe from the space station, saying yes. thank you. Well, I well I to you at the International Space Station, we send you very special greetings. And also to those of you at the International Space Station from Russia, you are ready to go, my friend. Good job. Enjoy your flight around the Earth. That was terrible. All right. It's not about me. It's not about you. <laughs> you should have said it. I should <laughs> Just my jaw just dropped on the floor. John, to yes, that's right. It is still there. John, here, here's the th here is my topic that I want to introduce. It is body language, specifically body language for business people, mm -hmm. students, speakers. Yes, anyone who has a position of influence. And I always say that public speakers are leaders. They are. You are a leader, John, and so am I. You are. And I think body language is one of the most... Yes, your words are important. Your voice is the instrument that you reach mm -hmm. the hearts and the minds of the audience. But your body, your gestures, your facial expressions, the way you move, the way you stand, the way you breathe determines how you... What is the impact you're going to leave with your audience and also is the conversation that you have with yourself. So let me ask you a question, John. Yes. Do you think about your body language every day? Have you to ever... a great degree, I do now. So what do you think but about it? But I didn't it? always. Okay. So what do you think about it now? Well, today I think about it in terms of when I'm around individuals who I'm trying to make a connection with and they are new to me, I want to come across as an individual that has confidence but is not overly confident to the point of appearing to be cocky. So at the same time, I also want to appear to be respectful and to appreciate and regard their space and their time and their position regardless of whether it's one of authority or one of just an individual that you meet on the street. Because to me, individuals deserve respect and dignity. So you can convey that not just through your words, but you convey it through the way you present yourself physically, your movements, your gestures and things. But it's something that I've practiced at because I've had poor body language in my earlier years as a young career adult and many times that body language wound up having consequences where negative perceptions were made of me as an individual they were not fair and it was really not me but sometimes the only thing people have to go on is what the cover looks like it is true i think our body is the manifestation of our thoughts, I agree. of our emotions and experiences. Mm -hmm. It starts in your brain, like most everything it does, and also in your other brain, which I call the gut. Yep. 
Well, you, you have at least two brains that I know of. That instinctive, from that think from the gut, almost that adaptive unconscious aspect. That's right. I know you like that. And I appreciate that you're bringing this into the conversation. Body, your body telegraphs to the world mm -hmm. what you think about. It does. It does. And I, I'm glad that you brought this up, that a story where in the past you were one way and then now you're different mm -hmm. because you made a decision. And decision was to be conscious, to pay attention how you show up, how you show up when you enter the room, how do you show up when you speak with someone, how do you show up in the crucial conversations. Let me ask the audience, what are you doing right now? Are you slouching? Are you sitting in your chair? Are you driving? Are you floating in space? What are you doing? I want to know. Have you got the TV on and are distracted? Yeah. <laughs> are you reading a book and trying to listen at the same time? Who knows? There's all kinds of things. It's amazing. Yeah. We think we're multitaskers, but really I think when it comes to our body language and how we want to be perceived by others, I don't think you can be multitasking. I think you have to be focused. That's right. Focus is one of the things that will focus your thoughts and bring your message to the fold. But I, I, I want to come back to it in just a little bit. Okay. Um, when we communicate with the world, mm -hmm. there's two conversations that go in at the same time. Did you know that? No, I've never really thought of that. Explain. Okay. First conversation <clears throat> is your verbal exchange. Yes. The content, the pauses, the qualifiers, uh -huh. the different detours and uh, your linguistics. Now the second conversation is just as important and I believe even more important. And that it is would your, be your body language body dialogue, language, your gestures, your mimicry, your facial expressions. Just like you are standing right now. Like for example, you have your fingers to your face or maybe you, you're covering your mouth or maybe you're hugging yourself or mm -hmm. maybe you have your, your elbows to your belly. What are you doing right now? When we talk to someone, we look at the other person's body. And when we detect incongruities or something that the person is saying one thing, but their body is saying something else, what do you believe? Do you believe the words or do you believe the body? I think there are times when the body tells me a whole lot more than what the words are. We are wired. It is evolutionary response. It is who we are as humans to always, the body always wins. It doesn't matter what the words say. The body wins every time. It is self-protection mechanism. It is how we know when the person sitting across from us, we can trust them. Are they going to kick us or are they going to give us a hug? We have to rely on body and those, and that's what, helps us make decisions. Have you ever been in a conversation where the person is sitting across from you and you get the sense as you're talking with them that they wish they were someplace else? Yes, yes, I have seen it. However, I'm lucky enough to be with friends and acquaintances who actually care what I have to say. I can picture in my mind some experiences like that years yes, well, ago. Yes, well, years ago. Yeah. But, I, but I think as you become a communicator and a communicator what is one of the objectives of communicator of, of someone who wants to be master communicator John to get their message across get their message across yes and to 
challenge people to change their way of thinking or to take action? Take action, sure. To create a relationship? Create a relationship. Connect. Connect. I believe that. And as a communicator, our job, our journey is never over. We are on a continuous Mm self-improvement. And if you want to have your message resonate, I believe, (laughs) I think 90 or 95% of your success in life hinges on your communication. Mm -hmm. And communications are tools. You pull and you reach into your tool belt and you take it out. And body language, recognizing your own body language and recognizing body language of others is one of those tools. So I want to focus on that body language. And I want to point out an excellent resource for the audience. Good. It is from the author I respect. His name is Nick Morgan. Nick Morgan. Yes. He wrote a book a few years ago. Uh, He's an author of several others. But the one that I really want to point out is Power Cues. Power Cues. Cues as in Q-U-E-S. The cues that you get, like, for example, from a prompter at a theater. Correct. As an author and a student and a coach, Nick Morgan distills the science of body language. Distills something that we can understand. He's a good storyteller. I misspelled cues. That's okay. C-U-E-S. C-U-S. Sorry, folks. So there was somebody there listening right now who just prompted me across these airwaves. John, you didn't spell Q correctly. <laughs> That's okay. Don't be too hard on yourself. Okay. Uh, we all learn. We all learn. And I also forget. <laughs> makes us human. This is, brings me to another point. We always talk about conscious and mm-hmm. unconscious decision-making. Right. Is that right? Becoming more and more something that I'm really looking closely at. And this is what I learned from Nick Morgan and from other sources. Did you know that our conscious mind can only process 40 bits of information per second? 40 bits. Okay? Now, our unconscious mind can process 11 million bits of information per second. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Which explains why there are things we see and things that we don't notice. That's exactly right. You just hit the nail on the head. 10 million bits of information out of that 11 is actually visual stimuli. So your unconscious takes the information constantly. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, is, it doesn't have a time off. It's 24-7. It's constantly thinking and processing information. And what I believe, a body language, like I said before, is a manifestation of our thoughts, emotions, and the conversations that we have with ourselves. It just simply shows up. But I do agree with you. If you take an inventory of how you show up, next time, John, when you have an important meeting or a presentation or somewhere you need to be, before you enter the room, how do, do you prime yourself? Is there a ritual that you go through you? personally? Mm-hmm. Yes, what, I do. What do you do? And I, and, I, and I think I noticed that. Can you share with us? Well, there's the thought process taking place in my mind regarding being sure that I have my outline in my mind because I don't like to use notes. So there is a plan in my mind as to introduction, body, and conclusion. But the outline is pretty much there, and I've known it because I've practiced and worked with it. At the time that I'm coming up there, I'm preparing myself in terms of my breathing, I'm preparing myself in terms of what am I going to do as far as gestures, facial expressions, how am I going to capture the attention of the audience and get them to lock in on me 
within that first 10 to 15 seconds that I begin to speak because I feel if I don't hit off on just the right point and connect with them with something that they're going to want more of, then I have already put myself in a position where I'm at a disadvantage in my communications process with this audience. I agree 100%, but I believe this picture is not complete. I appreciate the time and the forethought and the planning that you take when you, when you think about your presentation. But what I'm talking about is the moment you walk through the threshold, you walk through the door. How do you walk in through the door? Do you walk in through the door with open heart and awe and open to adventure and experiences? Or you have your to-do list. You just had a fight with your spouse. Oh. You have a mortgage due. You have a toothache. Oh my gosh. You have a plumbing problem. Your dog just bits your neighbor. Oh my gosh. You have a, a hundred things on your mind. So you're not really there. And this is what that point is when you have... When That's you right. talk to someone, uh -huh. what I'm talking about, what is the ritual or is there a priming mechanism that you personally use? And I will share what I have in mind when you walk through the door before you give your speech. Well, regardless of whether it's giving a speech or whether it's also something like I did this past Sunday where I traveled with two ladies that I sing with as a trio to a church over in the Tampa area. Upon arriving... Naturally, the first thing we did was we got there early. We had an opportunity to assess the venue, look at where we're going to be at as far as singing, check the microphones, and talk to the sound technician who is going to be a key partner with us. But as soon as we had done the initial prep, and as people were beginning to drift into the building and take seats throughout the house, I... As a matter of practice, and this goes back to my Toastmasters education, stepped down off the platform and began to walk around and stop and shake hands with the people and introduce myself and ask them how they are doing and thank them for being here and that even tell them I'm looking forward to sharing with you today. I hope that uh, you really enjoy it. And I'm finding that this is a great way to come in because, first of all, it puts aside the distractions that we all too often allow ourselves to carry as burdens. And those burdens become very much evident in our body. It's like if you're carrying a load, it's almost as if your back is kind of hunched over and your arms and shoulders are slumped. And it looks like you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulder. You can't do that. You've got I've been there. to bring. I've been there, John. You got to bring confidence, yeah. and you got to bring warmth. It's warmth that starts with you. What What I just heard you describe is your the way that you engage your audience before your performance. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a performance on stage for singing, or a performance on stage in public speaking. Yes. But it doesn't have to be just those high-profile performances. We have performances in our life, don't we? For example, when we're sitting down at the kitchen table to talk to a friend yeah. or to a business person <clears throat> at a restaurant yeah. or a meeting, all of those are performances. And I don't want to create a perception that it's a performance where you try to manipulate or influence. No, it's a performance where you bring your best self That's it. to every situation. Mm -hmm. And what I heard from you is that you arrived early, 
you came with people you love and you were prepared. What I want to share with you is some of the techniques that I have mm -hmm. that you can use right away Yes, to get started. And people get pen and paper because if you thought about this but never really taken the time to study and research it, I recommend you write down these ideas because Mark has spent tremendous research and effort and practice and deliberate practice on making these preparation and performance pieces work naturally. And I like that. Well, you spend time. You live it. You yes. live it and you become, you, you spend. I find it, it becoming habitual. Well, it, beco it becomes a new you. Yeah. And you create a puzzle of a person you want to be. But I think it starts, just like we said at the beginning of, the, uh, of this episode, is that your self-inventory. Mm -hmm. How do you show up? How do you show up when you enter the room? How do you show up at the conversations? What I recommend first is video record yourself. Okay. Video record yourself when you have a coaching session or a conversation with a friend. Ask them for permission to take a video and promise them. You're not going to put it on YouTube and just watch it for yourself. And then just record it for 5, 10, 30, 40 minutes. You'll forget the camera is there. But then when you get home or whatever place you can review the video, watch for your own face. Watch for your hands, watch for your shoulders, watch where you look and listen. And just under, try to, don't be judgmental. You can if you want to be, you, you cannot turn it off. But just watch, try to understand why am I behaving this way? What, why is my variation in voice changes? Why does my pitch go up? Why does my pitch go down? Why is this happening? Try to understand how do you show up? That's number one. Second is breathing. You have all the tools within you to make a change. I'm big on breathing. Breathing, and I think breathing starts throughout the day. Well, you breathe, you know, because you need to sur uh, survive. But what I'm talking about is deep breathing. Yes. Breathing that you go in and out. It is a lot of performance artists are familiar with that. Singers. Yes. Singers. And speakers. And, but I believe, let's say you have a first date. Or an interview or something that you are just oh my gosh you are just nervous and you cannot put your and in, in a lot of million things are going through your head you're thinking oh my god are they gonna like it? are they gonna make fun of my teeth are they gonna fight on my hair or my outfit or whatever you think I'm okay stop yes those things will come I will not there's no magic that I can remove them at the same time on the way to the meeting or before the meeting, in the morning or the day before, do breathing exercises. Take five or ten minutes out of your day mm -hmm. and just do deep breathing mm -hmm. in and out. For each breath, maybe take count for to, to ten or fifteen mm -hmm. or twenty. I know it may feel difficult and overwhelming, but trust me, this will ground you. And this will clear your mind and you present and you show up at your best version. So yes, show up early. Be prepared, but start with breathing. And one of do you did you know that there was a specific strategy that Olympians from former Soviet Union have created in their mind to perform at their peak? Did you no, know that, John? No, actually, I didn't. Although it doesn't surprise me. But what was it? Well, I read it in uh, Kevin Hall's book Aspire, and also from Nick Morgan Power Cues where the performance had visual, visualized their performance from the time they walked into the arena, how they registered, how they waited for their turn, how they went on the, on the podium, 
and they performed their acrobatics and their gymna and their routines from second to second to second and they have visualized it in their mind and they created outcome that they wanted to do so whatever your performance is have it in your mind with the outcome that you want because i believe your thoughts create your words your words create your reality somebody told me your words create your reality that is but true I, but i believe it actually starts a lot sooner your thoughts your decisions create your reality mm -hmm. and then it manifests in what it really is of course you have to show up you have to take action massive action just like tony robbins said but first how do you show up are you floating in space are you slouching yes i'm talking to you international space habitants what are you doing right now <laughs> are you breathing are you breathing if they're in space, I certainly hope they are. <laughs> Sorry. Well, shame on me. What I'd like to do, I'd like to continue this conversation because we are running close to the conclusion of this episode. And I do want to give a little preview of what's to come. How can we bring focus, attention, and charisma on demand? Is there such thing as charisma? Can it be learned? Can it be cultivated? And why do we care? Maybe we don't want to have a charisma, but I want to introduce it from the effect of connection to people. Right. How can we create this muscle of connection? And I think it starts with you. The way you show up, are you open or are you closed off to new ideas, to new people? How to cultivate this muscle of openness? And that's what's going to come next time. All right. John, it's always a pleasure to see you. And Mark, I'll it's always a pleasure to be with you. And I'll see you next at Speak Brave Podcast.